My hope is that um, all of you in this past week have received the materials from the Archdiocese for the Catholic Ministries Appeal. And the Archbishop um, asked us to do something today that I do not want to do, and that is to have you sit in the pew and fill out the form. And I'm not going to do it. But I ask you to take those materials and, and do as you know, every good family does when you have a decision to make. Spend a little time praying about um, what you might be able to give for this collection. And, um, and I ask you to be generous. There are six particular needs uh, in the Archdiocese, and, and I've seen this money spent in wonderful ways uh, over the years uh, to care for folks who can't afford you know, their own counseling and things like that. Uh, certainly St. Rita's School for the Deaf and our seminary, et cetera. Um, and, but this year, the goal has been raised. The last year, uh, the goal was $4 million and $4.3 million was raised, which I think is very wonderful. So this year, they, they upped the goal to $5 million, which takes us as a parish from a, a parish goal of 49000 up to 61000 And we've never hit the forty-nine. Um, but I'm hoping we move a little bit closer, and we have over the last few years. You've been very, very generous. Um, but, you know, I, I just ask you to look at that closely, bring that envelope back here next week, uh, filled out with some sort of uh, uh, statement that, that you want to help in these ways. Uh, you know, think about maybe a dollar a day, or if you can't do that, start with a quarter a day. Um, I'm up to about $3 a day on this thing, so... Uh, I'm committed to it because I see that it does so much good. So please, please, please be very generous with that. And uh, for those of you who did not get the envelopes, they will be in the baskets as they come around this morning uh, for the collection. Just make sure you take an empty envelope and, uh, and all will be well. You know, they say that, um, that some things never change. I'm sure you've heard that before. And I know as I, uh, once in a while, I get the opportunity to be home uh, right, you know, as the evening news is on. And after the news ends, um, you know, sort of surfing through the channels and, and trying to decide what else I may be watching for the evening. And you come across these, um, uh, these entertainment shows, you know, about the movies and TV and music and theater and, and all those kinds of things. And, and I, I, I mean, I've watched one or two for a period of time on occasion, but it's, it's the same stuff. And it seems like a major part of the program is, is about gossip. You know, it, it, it's about the gossip surrounding celebrities and not usually the good stuff. You know, uh, all kinds of unsavory things to be reported about them. Uh, they're, their tragedies, their mess-ups, their broken relationships and substance abuse, and, and it goes on and on and on. And, you know, the, the press makes entertainment about this. You know, and I think it feeds into the fact that, that I think most of us, you know, we like to hear about the ways that others have failed. And, and too often we feel compelled to you know, to take our finger and point it at the other person. And, and maybe, you know, see, I'm not like them. And I don't think I have to tell you that, that this is not an example 
of us at our finest. And it, it's not who we ought to be. But some things just never change. And apparently, you know, people have been pointing fingers for a long, long time. And we see some of that in Jesus' time as well. And such as the, the arrogant attitude adopted by the Pharisees towards some of the faithful. And we see that all over Scripture. Or as in the situation that is depicted in today's Gospel passage from Luke. Here we have some people approaching Jesus and telling him about some Galileans who died at the hands of Pilate. And the implication is that, well, they must have done something wrong in the eyes of God in order to have suffered such a terrible fate. And Jesus, he knows what they're getting at. And so he asks them rhetorically if they think these people were the greatest sinners. And then he goes on to mention an accident in which a tower fell and claimed the lives of 18 people. And he follows it up with the same question. But then, then Jesus adds the kicker. He says this, But I tell you, but I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. Now you got to love Jesus. He tells it like it is. And these people probably brought up this topic assuming that Jesus was, was going to agree with them. And presuming that he was going to respond by saying something along the lines of, yeah. Yeah, those people whom Pilate killed must have been pretty bad to have come to such a tragic end. But instead, he turns it completely around on them. And, and what he does then is he makes them start to doubt their own spiritual and physical security. You know, it, it's as if Jesus was saying to them, Stop focusing so much on others. You know, you're moving into dangerous spiritual territory here. Worry about yourself first in those spiritual matters. And whatever you do, don't get overconfident or self-righteous. And St. Paul he finds himself dealing with the same issues in the church in Corinth, who he, whom he writes to, and, and we hear about that from that letter today. Paul had founded that community, and he left them in really good shape, thinking that, you know, these folks are going to change the world. And five years later, he's forced to write this letter back to them to help keep that community from breaking apart. It seems that the faith community in Corinth was splitting into factions with each group pointing the finger at the others. Because each of the factions thought that they were the ones doing it right, possessing, practicing the true faith. And so it seems from the content of Paul's letter 
things must have become very contentious and accusatory as each group charges the other with being unfaithful. And Paul will have none of it, so he writes to them, and he admonishes them at length, summarizing, you know, summarizing the passage we, we just heard by, by writing one of the most powerful and insightful verses in all of Scripture. And Paul writes this, he says this, Therefore, he says, whoever thinks he is standing secure should take care not to fall. Whoever thinks he is standing secure should take care not to fall. Imagine that. And even though I might think that my relationship with God is strong, that might not be the case at all. You know, my confidence, my confidence might be a sign of a certain kind of spiritual complacency, pride, The hard truth of the matter is that, that I might have to work at a few things. I don't think I have to tell any of you here that it's not the least bit easy to admit that I might be part of the problem. That each of us might be part of the problem. That each of us might be failing in ways that, that we actually hurt ourselves and we hurt others significant and lasting ways. And because of that, we are causing damage to the beautiful world that God created. And it is much easier to simply say, if others would get their act together, you know, if they would live their lives like I'm living mine, this world would, would be a whole lot better and we do that all the time, whether we are aware of it or not. We're convinced that we're convinced that if others voted the way we do, or if they belong to our religion, or if they parented like we do, everything would be great. Or if we hear about other people being unfaithful to their spouses, we detest them. But if we stray, we always find a reason as to why my situation is completely different. And we don't like it when others cheat in business or on their taxes, but we rationalize it when we do. And we always blame the other person in every relationship of ours that falls apart. You know, part of a holy Lent, part of a holy and fruitful Lent, involves putting an end to the finger-pointing and the blame game. We all, including me, from time to time participate in that. Lent Lent, rather, is the perfect time to admit to God, to ourselves, to one another, that I need to be better, that I need to make some changes, that I need to be more loving and forgiving and generous, 
And Lent is a time to realize that the security I feel about my relationship with God is most likely a kind of lie. A way that I fool myself into believing that, that there's really not that much I need to do. There's not that much I need to work on. And so the next time you feel the urge to look down on someone else in matters of faith, remember the words of St. Paul. Therefore, he says, whoever thinks he is standing secure should take care not to fall. But if you do fall, if you do fall, just remember that the Lord Jesus is always, always there to catch you. He's always there to pick you up. And may this Lenten season continue to be a time of great healing, a time of great conversion for you, for all of us are walking on this journey together.